I followed the rules, paid my dues, and crushed shit in corporate America. Then freedom became all that mattered. Life changed for me when I stopped trying to change their minds and instead showed up to help you change yours. If you feel like you are twice as good, it is because you are. <laughs> you are. You already possess the skills, the talents, the influence, the finesse to manifest your wildest dreams. I show up here every single week in every single way <laughs> to make sure that you are certain of your ability to climb and rise and do your entrepreneurial journey on your terms. Now, I need to push you to be in power of proximity. One myth around entrepreneurship is that you have to do it all by yourself with your bootstrapping, right? That you have to absorb as much piecemeal content off of the internet as you can. <laughs> and so you figure out how to be called in the game. Um, one thing that I want to push you to do is to put yourself in the proximity of power. I'm going to say that one more time. Put yourself in the proximity of power. I promise you that it will catapult you into successes that you wouldn't have fathomed in your first three months of entrepreneurship, in your first 12 months of entrepreneurship. Um, and one way that you can do that is by attending conferences. If you have not attended a conference this year, you are wilding. You are wilding. <laughs> conferences have helped me to find amazing people to collaborate with. I found incredible uh, clients after speaking on stages uh, to people and in, in, in giving them the power that resides in the inside of me, right? Uh, I've, I've attained amazing mentors from conferences, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So to get you started, I'm going to share a few of the conferences that I'll be attending uh, this year. And I want to see you there. I'm going to tell you this, the same people I found <laughs> are at conferences, right? Like my world, this global world has gotten a lot smaller uh, because of conferences, because we are the ones that are always showing up. We are the ones committed to learning and evolving and collaborating, et cetera, doing it scared. Um, and there are not enough people coming through those doors, right? Those virtual doors or the, those physical doors. So I want to make sure that you show up at the conferences I'm attending this year. So write this down and uh, re register. Uh, the Afrotech conference is super fire. It is one of my favorite conferences of all times. Um, that is happening this year, November 8th through the 13th. Sign up, register, get in there. I promise you it will give you exponential growth um, from a spiritual level uh, to a business acumen level, right? To having a fire, fire, fire network and learning from the greats. Um, so pull up, I will be there. <laughs> All in the chats. Uh, so attend that. Sisters in Sales. Sisters in Sales, they're having a virtual summit from September 16th through September 17th. I will absolutely be there. If you are in entrepreneurship, you are in sales. Period. Period. If you have a team, your team needs to be there as well. Um, I help my people. <laughs> all around the world, but I especially lean into helping Black female entrepreneurs. So Sisters in Sales, um, I'm telling you, it is it is for you. Uh, I hope to see you there. Another conference I'm attending this year is the Power Networking Conference. 
Um, it is a global virtual summit or a global virtual conference rather. It is taking place August the 11th through the 14th. Again, I will be there. I wanna see you in the place. Uh, the great Dr. George Frazier, he throws that every year. And I'm telling you, he is, well, he is magnificent. Um, he spoke to an intimate group of, of black entrepreneurs earlier this year and he told us, uh, if you have nothing, it is because you've given nothing. He said, if you have nothing, it is because you've given nothing. He said, give until it hurts and then give until it feels better. Those words have, man, it has guided me to lead with character, right? Uh, to lead with edifying people over and over and over again. And I'm telling you, when you, <laughs> when you position yourself from that spirit, right? People won't be able to take their eyes off of you and everything you need will come, right? So um, please attend his, his Power Networking Conference. I'll be there. Uh, so you'll definitely uh, see me all up and through the chats. <laughs> um, if you come, and there's just so many, man. Um, Thinking Color. Thinking Color 2021 was a conference I attended uh, recently, uh, July 27th through the 28th. That was the, those are the dates of the conference. Uh, and I've met a tribe of fire women. Uh, an accountability group came out of that. I joined their accelerator program, um, which is happening right now as a result. So um, I, I do this. I've been doing this this year. Other conferences I've, I've attended this year, the Black CEO Iconic Conference that happened uh, February 22nd and 28th. I was actually a brand partner. Um, I gave a workshop. I gave a TED Talk during that conference. Um, there's a lot of different things. Um, and it was amazing. And the lives that I touched, right? The, the number of people that came to me and said, oh my gosh, you made this stick when no one else could, right? Um, I got phenomenal clients out of that. Um, so yeah, it was great, right? Um, and again, like I do this, I immerse myself um, in learning. I, I put myself in proximity to power. I actually spoke at uh, Wharton's FinTech conference earlier this year. They had this um, precursor to a lot of their activities and myself and Jaheel Oliver, who is the CEO of a, a tech company in Africa called Hello Tractor. Uh, we did a presentation to Wharton students. Um, for those of you who aren't familiar with Wharton, that is a business school, um, a top business school in the United States. And we talked about FinTech, right? And how we are uh, increasing access to capital for people who have never even been banked before, right? Who are just completely overlooked, like bump improving their credit scores. <laughs> We talked about increasing access for people who don't have banking relationships in the first place and don't have people caping for them in, in creating frameworks that include them. Um, dopeness came out of that. That was uh, April 22nd to the 23rd. I, I spoke actually at the Dartmouth, uh, their business school, their Tuck School of Business um, earlier this year, May 4th through the 6th was their summit. Um, I was on a, a panel, essentially, right, talking about um, structuring financial solutions, right, so that's, that's the way we lend money, right, um, in the agriculture space, uh, being in Africa, um, agriculture in a lot of countries in sub-Saharan Africa is primary, like, that is the way people survive, that is the way people 
uh, put food on the tables uh, for their families, right? Um, it's the way they put roofs over their head, et cetera. So uh, it's so important, right, that we make sure that finance, that capital uh, is present in that space, right, here in Africa, um, as well as the states, right? But I was speaking primarily from the lens of, of the work I've done here in Africa to, to improve that. Um, fire things came out of that. I actually had a few partners reach out to me about um, kind of bridging uh, some of the clients that I work with um, to to capital, right? Um, some HBCU work, right, uh, to help people who are going into the ag space to you know give access to Black entrepreneurs who today just don't have it, right? Um, so I say all of that to say I'm telling you to do these things, but I'm walking the walk for sure, right? Um, if you're interested. Uh, Blaze is hosting a summit. So Blaze Group LLC is a company that I am the founder of. And we're hosting a summit in December, December 1st through the 5th. Um, if you would like to audition to be a speaker, <laughs> uh, I would love for you to do so. Just text the word audition to 474747 and you can audition to be a speaker. Um, again, that's the word audition to 474747 and you can absolutely audition to be a speaker. Thanks. Let's talk about them bands. So we hear a lot of talk about uh, consistency, right? Especially in entrepreneurship, making sure that you show up, making sure that you're visible, making sure that you get reps in, right? So that you can be more and more proficient, right? More and more comfortable with the things that you're doing and more knowledgeable, right? Around the, the products that you're offering, the people that you're serving, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? But what is not talked about enough is the importance of disrupting yourself, I'm going to say that again. You need to disrupt yourself in business if you want to prevent being a dinosaur, right? Um, I'll give an example. So one of my clients, uh, she's over 60 years old, right? Been in the game, the entrepreneurial game for a long time, has a PhD, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? And she had been teaching uh, female leaders, right, about leadership, um, about different frameworks around leadership development, et cetera, right? And the pandemic hit. And for a year and a half <laughs> before she met me, she just stopped, right? Because there were shelter-in-place orders. She couldn't get people together. It wasn't safe, yada, 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 right? Um, and what I introduced her to was the importance of disrupting herself in business. Just because you've done things a certain way for a long time or even a small amount of time, let's be real about this, right? It is so important that you keep your eyes and ears open around uh, new trends, uh, things that you can do that give you even higher profitability, things that you can do that allow you to work smarter, right? But make more money, <laughs> right? Without working harder, et cetera, et cetera. So I introduced her to uh, this concept of offering online self-paced digital courses, right? Where she, the same content, right? The same target audience, et cetera, <laughs> where she could serve women no matter what region they were in, right? Unlike what she was doing before, uh, no matter what time zone they were in, no matter what their schedules were, how hectic they were, or how flexible they were, right? And make the same amount of money per head 
but higher volumes giving her more money to her bottom line, right? So I want to tell you, it is important that you disrupt yourself. There are so many companies that are not around anymore because they did not disrupt themselves, right? Uh, and this is important for them bands, them bands, because <laughs> if you become a dinosaur, you are not making money anymore and you are not around, right? If you're not smarter about the things that you're doing and continuing to evolve, right, you're capping what you can make, you're capping your scale, right? You're capping, capping your profitability. So I'm going to give you some tangible tips on doing so, on disrupting yourself. The first I want you to think about is uh, how predictable and sustainable your revenue stream is. I'm gonna say that again. How predictable and sustainable is your revenue stream, right? Uh, as a banker, one thing that we looked at, and you should know this because this is what this is what banks are thinking about when they're speaking to you. One thing we looked at it, it was the portion of revenue that a company had that was predictable. I mean, predictable like subscription services, right? Like there are subscriptions that you have today that you don't even look at your bank account uh, around it, right? Like you know it's going to come out, you know it's going to be the same month the same price every month, you know you can cancel when you're ready, but the likelihood, right, that 100% of the customers uh, of the company that is providing that subscription, the likelihood that 100% cancel at the same time is very, very slim, right? So do you have sustainable, predictable revenue? Not that 100% has to be, but do you have some product offerings that give you sustainability and predictability? If you don't, you need to think about adding a subscription service, right? Is that simple, right? <laughs> now, yes, you need to figure out how to implement that and what it can be, et cetera, et cetera, right? But subscription services give you predict predictability and sustainability, right? <clears throat> Another thing you can think about is, let's say you do contracts. And say they're very chunky, right? Maybe one contract that you have is $16,000. Maybe, maybe another one is $60,000. That is great. That is beautiful. But it is not predictable or sustainable, right? Because... These are episodic, right? It comes and it goes and, you know, so a way to add to predictability and sustainability is to already bake in auto renewal clauses, right? So in the contract, right, in the construct, you can say, hey, uh, we can auto renew uh, this huge contract every X years, right? Maybe depending on the services you provide, you don't need to renew until another two or three years, right? Um, and you can have it built in where they must give you five days notice, right? Or 14 days notice if they want to cancel it. That alone, that construct being baked in, it gives you predictable and sustainable revenue. So again, when you walk into a bank, right? When you talk to a banker around your capital needs and they look at those contracts and the construct of that contract to know that it has an auto renewal clause, right? Already baked in at the onset, that gives them comfort, right, around the predictability of your cash flows in the future. All right, so that's just one way to disrupt yourself, right? And, and that is a positive thing, right? Another thing I want you to think about is deepening relationships, deepening relationships, right? Don't just think about um, that single entry point of a customer where you're solving a critical pain point for them at a given time uh, during a, a certain season of their life, right? Think about their journey, right? After that purchase is made, right? Think about the things they'll experience. Think about the desires that they'll have, right? Think about the gaps they'll need to fill, right? And disrupt yourself by thinking about how 
you can continue to show up for that customer again and again and again throughout that journey, right? So I'll give an example. Uh, say you're a realtor and someone needs to buy a house, right? You are showing up in a certain season of a person's life, right? Solving a, a particular pain point at a given time, right? But there are other things that are going to come up. You, you, you know this if you just think about the journey, <laughs> of that customer, right? They're going to be maintenance needs they have for manicuring the lawn, right? Um, for having maintenance on, on the inside of the house, et cetera, right? Uh, there are going to be times where they actually want to be connected to a community of homeowners, right? So they can just share, um, you know, tips with each other uh, or, or come together to uh, safeguard the neighborhood uh, after a scare or uh, understand what do-it-yourself projects they might be able to do within their home, right? Um, there's going to come a time, a point in time, where they want to increase the value of their home, right? Maybe they want to do renovations or, or do certain things that increase the property value, right? Um, there's going to come a point in time where things get a little busted and dusty, right? Uh, and dirty, right? And they're going to want to brush up the aesthetic of the home, right? Um, again, these are different points in a customer's journey. And if you think proactively about how you can show up for them, it doesn't mean you're providing the service. You could be connecting them to the service, right? Um, and getting some revenue for that, right? You could be offering uh, knowledge, right? Um, content uh, or, or, or digital solutions, right? That help them uh, in these different phases of their journey. So I want you to think about that because by showing up at different points in the journey and deepening the relationship, you increase what is called the lifetime value of a customer. Write that down, the lifetime value of a customer. That's LTV. We call that LTV uh, in the banking world. And what that shows, and again, if you're walking into a bank <laughs> and you want some capital, right, you can say, man, the average lifetime value of my customer is X, Y, Z. And I promise you, if you think about disrupting yourself in this way, it'll be at least 10 times what it would have been if you were only providing a solution for a certain point in time for a certain season of your customer's life. So think about that, right? I mean, I want us to have these bands in a way that's working smarter, not harder. Another way um, that you can disrupt yourself, right, and um, bring more to your bottom line beyond what you're doing today is by increasing the average order value of your products, right? So think about that as um, when a person goes to checkout, right? And they bought a particular product, right? The average income, the average revenue that you have from those types of purchases may be one thing, right? But there are ways that you can increase the average order value per checkout by doing a few things, right? Um, maybe you can bundle services, right? So today you might have five products that you're offering. Do any of those fit together, right? Where you can bundle them together and the likelihood of a person buying that bundle and then checking out <laughs> is more than zero, right? There's a likelihood that it'll happen, right? You can increase your average order value there, which increases them bands, right? Um, and it's very simple and seamless. And that removes you having to follow up with the email around, hey, did you think about this as well, right? <laughs> or, uh, you know, circling back in two years and say, are you ready to, you know, add another product to what you bought last year um, or two years ago? Uh, so bundling services is an example of, of increasing average order value. You can upsell in cart. So that means that you can have a product that flashes to your customer 
uh, at checkout that says, hey, if you add this to cart, uh, I'll give you X percent off. Or maybe you don't even discount it. Maybe you just say, hey, do you want to add this to your cart, right? Um, but upselling in cart is super fire and it's a way to increase your average order value. Free shipping past certain thresholds is another way, right? Maybe somebody was coming to your site for one particular thing, right? They went to check out for one particular thing, but you say, hey, if you spend at least X amount of dollars, I'll give you free shipping. So all of a sudden, you've implanted in that customer's mind <laughs> that they uh, should increase their order value, right, uh, to get free shipping. Um, again, you might not have ever offered free shipping but it, because it costs you some money to ship to your customers, right? And you want the customer to absorb that instead of you. But you can disrupt your own business model um, in a way that adds more money than you ever would have gotten otherwise <laughs> by doing this. Um, lastly, I'll share, there's so many ways you can do it, but you can also start offering like one-on-one -on -one consultation as an add-on. Um, to a product that someone's buying and you can leverage that one-on-one -on -one consultation as a sales call. So think about it like this. Um, you might have a premium offer, right? That is the most expensive offer that you sell. I mean, super, super expensive, right? And the likelihood that someone's gonna pass a billboard and buy such an expensive product is very low, right? Because for expensive purchases, we have questions around that thing, man. We have anxiety around it because we don't want to be burned, right? <laughs> we um, we feel good by talking to a human around that, right? It's like buying a car, right? Um, et cetera, et cetera. Building a website that's like super intricate, right? You just feel better by talking to a person before you make that buying decision, right? So you can add a 20, 20 minute, you know, one-on-one -on -one consultation call. So whatever product somebody's buying, that's cheaper, right? That's, that's less friction, right? Maybe they saw an ad and they're like, oh yeah, I'll buy this. Cool, cool, right? But then when you add on that one-on-one -on -one consultation, right? You can then uh, talk to them about your premium offer and in those 20 minutes, like ease those fears, like really sell it, ask some questions about what keeps them up at night, right? And then boom, <laughs> you've converted an even higher sale because of that, right? Um, so just giving you ideas around there, around that. And lastly, and remember we're talking about disrupting yourself, right? I'm giving you ideas on disrupting yourself so that you can increase the bands, right? Um, I need you to think about a term called margins. Now, uh, sales are great, they're fire, right? But saying I sold 1,000 uh, products this year is not necessarily better than saying I sold two products this year. Why? Because of margins, right? If one person is selling t-shirts, right? And they're selling the t-shirts, for $15, but it cost them $10 <laughs> to get the t-shirts and put what they need to put on it or whatever. They're only making $5 per shirt, right? Because the margins, right? Their margins are low, right? Uh, they're only making about 33.3% uh, of the revenue, right? As their, as their gross profit margin, right? Um, on the other hand, say someone who sold two items, right? Uh, each sale was $20,000 and, and only sold two now, right? And the service they're providing has no physical products. It's just them talking to somebody, consulting them, right? Um, because their margin is higher, meaning 
right? Meaning 100% of the revenue they made off of those two sales, $20,000 each, so they made $40,000, right? There is zero cost because it's just them showing up talking, right? Is this them typing up their proposal? It's just them coaching somebody on how to fix a problem. Um, think about margin, right? And think about the product you're offering. Uh, figure out how high or low your margins are and try to diversify that thing, right? Try to lean into things that have higher margins because we're talking about the bands now, right? It gives you more flow into your bottom line. So uh, things that can help you around this is, you know, increasing automation, uh, increasing the services that you offer, right? Uh, so you have products and you have services. Uh, services typically have very high margins because you're not buying any goods, right, to solve the problem. Uh, think about software you might be able to create, create and uh, sell. Think about digital products you can sell. Um, and I want to demystify this real quick for you because some might say, man, I can't make a digital product or what is a digital product, et cetera. Let me give you a few ideas. Catch all of this. Uh, I will run through the list fast. <laughs> um, but you can create ebooks, online courses, mini courses, a signature course, master classes, coaching programs, accelerators, webinars, workshops, downloadable templates, content calendars project management templates, memberships, stock art or photos, right? There is a huge lack of representation still out there. <laughs> and stock art and photos, you can sell those as a digital product. Guides, planners, demos, five, five, fire podcasts that people will actually pay for to hear content from, right? Um, so those are just some examples. I want you to disrupt your own business, right? so that you can make them bands and stay around without becoming a dinosaur that is not around anymore. Keep the same energy. Work on being better when I'm 70. Your drip is just a water spring. You know I drip different, just the seven seas. I deal with life different, make that limit squeeze. Went off for my style and identity. Better bounce back and get the- On this segment of Bomb Energy, I'm going to talk about myself <laughs> because I too have had to uh, exercise betting on me energy. And I understand that a lot of people may not know my story. So I'll give you some background. Uh, so I spent 10 years structuring multi-billion dollar loans for large technology companies around the world, right? Um, it was fast paced, it was demanding, it was exhilarating. Um, it put me uh, in direct contact with uh, CEOs and CFOs from literally the largest institutions <laughs> uh, on this earth, on planet earth, right? Um, I worked with lawyers on a daily basis to, uh, to structure contracts, right? Uh, contracts that were uh, 60 to 200 pages long. <laughs> um, I solved real problems around um, build outs and expansions, um, you know, saving companies uh, that have been around for a long time from dying, right? Um, working through different things. Before I worked with tech companies, I worked with oil and gas um, utility companies, power companies, right? And solving problems around uh, you know, what was going to happen when, when oil prices went up in 2015 and, you know, natural gas companies could not afford to buy their 
um, inputs for the services they offered, right? Uh, for the solutions they offered, uh, real world problems around the pandemic, right? Um, things just drying up, people not being able to go outside freely and frequent um, restaurants and movie theaters, um, people losing their jobs right and left, et cetera. So that uh, crisis, right, actually moved me into um, being a direct solution, right, to businesses that were struggling with the, the pandemic and not just huge businesses, um, I migrated over um, to, to managing a team of 20 people to actually help uh, small businesses, uh, medium-sized businesses um, get through the crisis by processing PPP forgiveness, right? Paycheck Protection Program Loan Forgiveness, right? Um, and that was fire. Uh, because I really influenced a lot of people, uh, leaders, executives, um, top level uh, business leaders around uh, solutions that needed to be provided, frameworks that needed to be implemented, um, tech, tech uh, enhancements <laughs> that could help make uh, you know, the, the, the services we were offering more intuitive, right? Um, I actually led um, the pilot of the first people to come through the bank, the first companies to come through the bank I was working for, a huge, huge institution, uh, the eighth largest uh, in the world. <laughs> um, I led the pilot program to accept the first uh, PPP forgiveness loans that came through, right? The logistics and, and directing people and getting it all the way through to completion, et cetera, right? And one consistent theme that came through all of this, which is not dissimilar to what a lot of people experienced was, I was cold at it, man. Um, my ability to influence, my ability to provide solutions, my ability to think outside of the box, et cetera, um, I was cold. Right. And I was in my 20s. Right. <laughs> um, and then when I turned 30, right, um, I was still cold. Right. And I had to advocate for myself um, so much. Right. Um, and it state the obvious because I could not uh, bank on the on the idea that um, merit alone would catapult me into leadership positions, right? That merit alone uh, would translate to um, dollars earned, right? Um, and no matter how high I went, juxtaposed to my peers, I was cold, right? Um, and though I promoted faster <laughs> than was traditionally the case for um, people in a, in, a, in a large institution, for, for Black people, uh, especially in a large institution for a Black woman, right, especially in a, long, a large institution, it still did not keep pace with my ability, right, um, with some of the solutions and, and counsel um, and expertise that was being provided, right? Um, so there was that, right? And again, this is not dissimilar to a lot of people out there, right? Um, but I will say, I, I, I recognize this um, and was moved by this uh, in my 20s and at 30, right? 
uh, I turned 30 in, in 2020. Um, but then at the same time, Ahmad Aubrey was killed, murdered, right? Breonna Taylor was murdered, right? George Floyd was murdered, right? And I became fed up. I became fed up with giving my entire life and energy and focus to changing people's minds at a pace that would inevitably, right, be very, very, very slow. And I decided to instead take my knowledge, my acumen, my ability to lead and transform life, lives, my heart, and give it directly to the people who needed and deserved it most. Because, <laughs> because I was not the only one that was twice as good, right? As those around her, right? I was not the only one who knew the rules in the industry and had depth uh, front to back, side to side, up and down, right? And I needed to urgently let those people know that you are good enough today, that the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain is not colder than you, right? <laughs> like, like build your own right? And do it smart, right? Because by being in rooms where I was the only Black female in the building, right? It showed me that this acumen was not in the streets. This knowledge was not in the streets. How could it be, right? If, 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 if I was the only one that looked like me and they're learning it, right? Um, so I, I took my knowledge to the streets at 30. <laughs> and um, I will, I will say that I still had a lot of, of uh, beautiful things lined up ahead of me in corporate America. In 2020, uh, in the spring of 2020, I was slated to move to London and start doing leverage finance. I mean, I wanted, the, I, want, I wanted the nasty, gritty deals, right? I wanted the Warren Buffett type deals. Uh, so I was going to London to do that because I always wanted to be a global leader, right? Uh, but the pandemic obviously, uh, you know, put that on pause, right? And again, George Floyd, I mean, I mean, I mean, whoa, some things happened that changed my focus, right? Um, so in October of 2020, I left corporate America and um, in pursuit of taking critical access to knowledge, capital, and mentorship to the streets. And uh, after leaving, I spent a month in Dubai, right? Because I wanted to get out of the States. Uh, again, there was so much trauma going on, so much trauma inside of me, right? After uh, absorbing those news cycles and feeling the way that I felt about around the velocity of, of, of change and progress from my own career, right? Um, despite merit, right, despite um, how strong I was, even alongside people, you know, decades and decades, my senior, right? Um, so I went to Dubai, uh, an election was happening that next month in November, so I made sure to, to go to Dubai <laughs> at the end of October <laughs> um, and be there for a month so that no matter what happened in the state with the election, because I'm telling you, right, and, and it's important, let me say this, 
it is important um, to intersect your career with your passions, with your life, with your traumas, all of that, because um, the danger of playing the game, right? The, the danger of leaving all of that at the door when you walk through, right? Um, is that you are left under-nurtured, underseen, undervalued, underprotected, right? Um, and underfulfilled, right? Um, so yeah, again, I, I went to Dubai um, because I needed to protect myself, right? And put myself in a position of clarity uh, for the road that would be ahead, right? And I needed to show myself that I was as limitless as I felt. I needed to show myself, I need to exercise for myself that I was as limited as I felt because despite all of the incredible things I did on a global scale <laughs> by the age of 30 uh, in a huge uh, institution, um, I was very well aware that managers could not even see, right? They couldn't even perceive the type of global impact that I uh, am destined to have, right? Um, that even mentors at times, right? Even though, even though the ceiling they saw for me was greater than anybody else that they seen that looked like me, that they, they couldn't even conceive, right? The type of impact on a global scale that I intend to make, right? So I went to Dubai because I needed to, to show myself that I was as limitless as I felt, right? I spent a month there um, learning, thinking, brainstorming, um, working on healing, right? And, and, and repositioning my mind um, for the road ahead. Got back, the, uh, the election uh, results came in. I was, whew, <laughs> you know, um, in a more optimistic uh, frame of mind, came back. Nine days later, I went uh, to Zanzibar, uh, Tanzania, a small island off the coast of Tanzania. And I spent about a month there, right? Um, by that time, I had an idea uh, for where I was going to take the direction of uh, this business, this entrepreneurial journey, right? Um, so I went there to work on that business, right? But again, to be limitless, right, to feel limitless um, in what I was about to do, right, and what I was building, right, um, so I built that business, right, the frameworks, the content, the marketing strategy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, uh, during December, <laughs> in Africa, right, um, while I was there, um, whoo, it was, it was powerful, I, I was unbeknownst to me, I had landed in the uh, what was like the the global spice capital of the world, right? Uh, and, and still is a dominant player um, in the in the spice trade game today. And I learned so much. I gazed at uh, every single element, healing elements, right? That I had ever um, seen, smelt. <laughs> taken uh, from these westernized boxes and pill bottles and jars. I saw it uh, from Mother Earth. I smelt it from Mother Earth. I was healed by it from Mother Earth when I got a little sniff after being out on boats. Um, 
in the rain. Uh, and I saw how people, uh, people who looked like me, um, healed themselves and provided for themselves and, and were rich, were rich in spirit, rich in character, rich in um, necessities, right? Uh, rich in understanding who they are, right? Uh, rich in legacy. I mean, so many things. And it, 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 it touched me in some of the deepest ways. Um, and while I was there, I met um, my soulmate. Um, I had not let love in for five years after experiencing domestic violence and a tumultuous crash to my marriage. Um, a 10 year relationship, a four year marriage, uh, uh, and that caused me to take a one way flight uh, 2,700 miles away. Uh, nine, 12 days, 12 days after um, experiencing abuse, right? And for five years, Woo! Did not let love in, but I, I met my soulmate there. I mean, just so many beautiful things, right? Talk about limitless, right? I didn't even know the depths of that, right? Where that would go. And after about a month in, in Zanzibar, went back to the States, right? I launched that business in January. And in February, I boarded a one-way flight and moved to Africa because I am limitless. I am limitless. The things that I've learned uh, over the course of my career, the impact that I have made, the relationships I have nurtured, man, um, the stages I've spoken on, the, the, the individuals that I've taught, all of that is here. All of that is here. All of that is here. And can't nobody take it away from me, right? It is mine to leverage, mine to use, right? Mine to pour out. And um, I have been in Africa now for six beautiful months and every single day feels like a, a vacation. Every single day feels like I'm on a vacation. No anxiety on Sundays when I'm thinking about the week that is ahead, right? Um, no, no anguish around bureaucracy uh, and, and optics. Um, and being disappointed that people aren't standing up for me, <laughs> for change, for challenging the status quo, right? Uh, the way that they would passively do for people of pedigree, right? Uh, and, and, and for people who are the sons and daughters of CEOs, right? Um, no more bottling up my sorrow to make it through the day after the oppressed are murdered and crushed and legally lynched and excluded and blackballed, uh, et cetera, right? Um, so it's been an incredible ride uh, since launching in January. Um, <laughs> I have... Uh, helped in various ways, right? Um, over 1900 black women who have in some fashion, form or fashion, either, um, you know, 
signed up for one of my master classes and listened or downloaded my automation workbook or come through my Blaze Business Intensive six-week program <laughs> or um, gotten help uh, with PPP loan applications or loan forgiveness applications or I mean just a full gamut of things. <laughs> Um, 1900 Black women, right, since I launched in January, and and then so many other people outside of that, right, I, uh, while being here in Africa, I've, I've helped the tech firm in Kenya um, construct, uh, Hello Tractor is the name of that, that firm, shouts out to Jahil Oliver, who is the GOAT, um, so, so, so fire, um, but helped to structure a financial product that is inclusive for people who are breaking their backs on farms without tractors, man. Acres and acres and acres and acres of, of farmland without mechanization, right? Um, but there are no banks in the vicinity that even cares to give them capital, right? Uh, to help them adequately, you know, cultivate the land that they own. Right. Um, so structuring solutions for them. I spent a month in um, Tanzania doing market research and development where I talked to farmers, right, and un to understand their needs, to understand culture, right, uh, to understand their their openness, right, to to new innovative solutions. Um, learned so much uh, and gave so much. Um, just so many things, press features, right? <laughs> um, being in uh, University of South Carolina's Honors College Magazine, uh, uh, an article on me called Eradicating Barriers. I mean, just so many things since launching in January. Um, so I am telling you from experience, I'm telling you with full confidence and assurance and conviction that if you believe you are twice as good, you are, and you already possess the oomph, the gravitas, the expertise, the depth, the character to build your own table, to exercise your own bomb energy that is betting on me energy. Um, and I will be here. <laughs> I will be here uh, to help you at every step of the way. You just let me know what you need. Um, go to blazegroupllc.com. Uh, there's a range of services I offer, um, range of, of community opportunities, right? Um, you are safe. You are at home anytime you, you walk through those virtual doors. I make sure of that. I protect that. I stand for that. Um, I partner with corporations to, to uh, edify Black women um, on our terms, right? Um, because it is it is so suffocating to mm, to to crawl our way through channels that were designed to omit us, that were designed to break us, that were designed to <laughs> to use us without edifying us, right? Um, I'm very sensitive to that. I am very, I am very committed to making sure 
that we build leaders and accept zero excuses. That is what BLAZE stands for, building leaders and accepting zero excuses. No excuses for me, for not showing up for you, no excuses for the women uh, that I serve for not showing up for themselves, and no excuses for others who say they wanna help, for not challenging the status quo and making sure that access is primary. Thank you. Join me for group coaching in Africa. Head to imkcrel.com to learn more.